episode of Talking Swords today, we are talking about Hideo Gosha's 1969 classic, in my opinion, a classic, Goyokin. But first, Sean, what have you been up to? Um, do you know what? I've been doing a lot of movie watching uh, lately. I've been trying to squeeze in as many as possible. So um, I, we have one that we will share shortly. Uh, but I, I, I went to Doctor Strange the other night, and I've been watching a few Shaw Brothers flicks as well. Is Doctor Strange any good? It's very good. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Yeah, it's it's really, really good. I enjoyed it uh, even more than I thought I would. It's um yeah, it's a great, great film. Don't go in expecting like layered storytelling. Just go in expecting just entertainment and just wizards shooting fireballs at each other, and you'll probably like it. Oh, okay. Um now what Shaw now what Shaw Brothers titles have you been watching? So yesterday I watched uh Mad Monkey Kung Fu. Great movie. Which I haven't seen in a while. It's good, but it has its issues. Um, I will say it shares the same issues as Knockabout in that it has a little too much comedy and the yes. uh, the fight-to-comedy uh, ratio is not great. But that finale, like the last, I'd say the last 45 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, is once the training sequences start, it's phenomenal. It's just an incredible film. I watched that movie, I want to say a week ago, actually. Oh, nice. Uh, and I watched it after working 12 hours and being sleep deprived. And I don't know if I thought it was funnier because of that. <laughs> but I remember being like, man, this is awesome. But you're right. I do think Lark Long is uh, he's just he's such a good director. Yes. Um, but I do think Dirty Ho is the better of the two comedies. I agree. I, I prefer Dirty Ho a little bit. They're both very kooky and very zany. Um, but I do prefer Dirty Ho uh, slightly over Mad Monkey Kung Fu. I think Dirty Ho has the fight ratio a little bit worked out as well. Um, but yeah, like, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of Lau Kar Lung's comedies. I mean, even films like, uh, is it Cat and Rat? You know, the, the stuff like that is crazy over the top. Um, I prefer his straight up Kung Fu flicks. And uh, you'll, be, you'll be proud of me um, uh, with what I watched today. So... What did you I, watch today? I, as you know, I am not a big Jimmy Wang Yu fan. Uh-oh. And uh, I decided randomly, I, ha- I literally have not seen this film in over, I, I honestly, over 20 years. I decided to watch One-Armed Swordsman. Okay. Wait, you haven't seen it in how long? Um, over 20 years. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I, in fact, I'll even go one step further. I don't think I've ever seen it. I think I turned it off years ago when I watched Ooh, oh, it. Oh, Okay. And I was very wrong. That film is fucking awesome. Such a good movie. Oh, it's great. It's really good. And I get the Jimmy Wang you love now. He is so... He, he reminds me of, like, Zatoichi. He's just this, like, dark, brooding character. And... Which is also kind of funny because he did a movie, crossed over as that character yes. with Zatoichi. Yes. Um, and I feel like One-Armed Swordsman could have run for... I mean, they did a whole bunch of them, I know. Uh, but yeah, he's just... He's great in it. And, you know, it sags in the middle. It's a little too long. Um, but otherwise, really, really liked it. That uh, that movie is also historically important because prior to that, all Wuxia movies that Shaw were putting out were all led by girls. So they were all female-led. The women were dressing up as men. Uh, yeah, and then those characters, like they had like reoccurring characters that were men, but they're actually women dressed up as men. Yeah. They had like fan bases. So uh, I forgot the exact name of the movement, but a couple of the directors came together and they're like, "We should make bloody 
action, more serious movies and not goofy, you know, comedies mm-hmm. that are very like light, that are like very lighthearted. So the first one to come out was actually Come and Drink With Me. Yes. And Come Drink With Me, still female led, uh, not that bloody. The opening scene is probably the only like real action, you know, action violence in it. Yeah. Um, and then One Armed Swordsman came out and became the first Hong- the first Hong Kong movie to break a million dollars at the box office. Just yeah. massive, just huge. Um, it, it makes sense. It really does make sense. Now, the sequel, I think, is much better. I'm going to watch that tomorrow, hopefully. It is so, it's one of those, uh, Shaw, what, you know, because I have, I have every, now I have, I don't know if I told you this, but I have every single martial arts film that Shaw Brothers put out. Nice. That's available. Nice. I have every single one. I'm fully complete. I've seen probably 90% of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they they're really good about putting out a first movie and then the sequel just being much better. Yes. Uh, Bastard Swordsman is the same way. I feel the same way about flying about flying guillotine. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But man, one of swordsman is so fucking good. And yeah. It's crazy. Cause uh, come drink with me came out a year before one arm swordsman. And yeah, I, I will go on record as saying I very much dislike come drink with me i don't like it really yeah i mean i just got the arrow release i watched it and and immediately sold it i mean wow whoa (laughs) i'm not a fan at all i just i'm not uh, not one for that film it doesn't i think that's gonna piss off will from uh hong kong cinema appreciation i'm sure it'll piss off everyone Uh, (laughs) i'm sure i'm not one thing i'm not and i'm not scared i'm not scared to say my opinion it's just I, it's not for me. Uh, uh, deep down, like in, in my heart, I am a straight up like kung fu head. That's what I like. I like. I love you know Wuja films, and I love fantastic swordplay. But just I am. I'm definitely more of an action guy when it comes to Hong Kong cinema. And Come Drink with Me just does not do it for me. It's too slow and ponderous. I see. I maybe it's. I make fun of people for being pretentious. <laughs> Maybe I'm pretentious because I love slow, ponderous movies. I, I, you know what? I don't, I don't think it's pretentiousness some of the time. I think some people just have a tolerance for it and kind of enjoy a story. Whereas I suppose I, when I was young, I started on, when it comes to Asian cinema, I started on the classic Kung Fu films. So I started on like Drunken Master and Snake and Eagle Shadow. And then throughout my life, I've, for a long time, I only watched Kung Fu, nothing else. I didn't even watch A Better Tomorrow, The Killer. I didn't watch any Heroic Bloodshed. I didn't even watch any Girls With Guns. I was strictly an old school Kung Fu head. And I think that's really had an influence on me now in that when I try and watch a slower film, I'm just like, nah, fuck this. Give me a fight scene. See, I'm kind of the opposite. I grew well, I'm a little bit of both. I grew up mm-hmm. in my favorite movie of all time, Seven Samurai. Yes. And that's a very slow movie. It's a very, you know, ponderous movie. Yeah. And uh, I love that. And we'll talk about that with Goyokin because Goyokin's also slow. Yes. And very ponderous. And, but then at the same time, there are days where I'm like, I just want to see some fucking shapes. I just yeah. want to see yep. some dudes, fucking different animal styles. I just want to see some cool action. Yep. But then there's times where I'm like, I want a really deep story alongside all the fights. And you know what? Uh, I haven't found, I mean, there are Kung Fu movies that have, you know, really good stories. Yeah. I haven't found the one that is like seven Samurai where it's got that, that really slow ponderous plot. Yeah. I don't know if there is one, to be honest. I I really don't. I mean, the closest you're going to get, and this is kind of ironic um, that, 
something like Seven Samurai, you know, is made in the 50s. And then the closest you get in terms of Kung Fu movies is something in the 2000s, like your hero or your Crouching Tiger. Yeah, I mean, I would even say maybe the King Who movies, like not Come Drink With oh, Me, that's but like true. That's Touch true. of Zen, Dragon yeah. Zen. Um, I really like King Who. Like, I love, I love his films. Um, Incredible director. Just, yeah, yeah he, he doesn't, it, it just doesn't quite sit with me. His filmography doesn't doesn't quite work for me. I think we should cover the One Arm Swordsman trilogy at some point. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Absolutely, because it's because there's 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 swords in there. Um, oh yeah, plenty. I uh, speaking of One Arm Swordsman, I so there's a guy named Merlin. He runs SamuraiDVD.com, mm-hmm. and uh, he's in his seventies. And he said about fifty years ago when he was living in Ho- in Hawaii. Uh, they brought over Zadoichi versus the One-Armed Swordsman. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't subtitled because I guess Hawaii has a massive Japanese population. So a oh, okay. lot of a lot of samurai films were, were getting put over there just in Japanese without yeah. English subtitles. But he was so enamored with samurai films that he would just go to the theater. And um, he, I have heard this rumor, but I've never heard anybody confirm it. There, 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 there is a second version of Zadoichi versus the One-Armed Swordsman where the one-armed swordsman wins at the end. That's interesting. And it's been a long rumor. There's no, no one has prints of it, but he has said he saw it about a dozen times in theaters. And he was telling me like the exact details. Uh, he doesn't straight up kill Zadoichi at the end. He lets him live. Both of them are pretty hurt. Yeah. But both of them walk away. Uh, there are extended fight sequences. Like there's a scene where Zadoichi, uh, there's a bunch of like bodies on the ground. And uh, there's a sequence where it shows how those bodies got on the ground where it's, Jimmy Wang Yu fighting all these guys. Uh, there's more stuff involved with the with the uh, with the priest character, and uh, man, I really hope somebody finds a print of that because that movie is, I think, it's top ten greatest samurai movies or swordplay films of all time for me. Yeah, um, I love it. At some point, we need to cover it because it is so awesome to see two giants of two different countries clash right. yeah. on screen, and we don't get that. Really, very rarely, very rarely. There's no, there's no crossovers really. Um, which we actually that's going to tie into a question we have later from martial arts film freak. Okay, um, he asked the best dude when I listen to your podcast, yeah, he always asks the best fucking questions. Yeah, we're really lucky. We've got some people that ask really, really good questions, and it's often a nice balance of like, uh, you know, what do you like, what do we think about Asian cinema, like those questions, and then like, uh, how big are your balls questions <laughs> so it's it's good stuff we have a nice balance i like the i crossed the line and you just couldn't ask my questions on your podcast at all yes your questions i could not i could not ask yeah they were they're the only ones i've had to trim out of the uh out of the episode the, yeah the the uh the next time you and cyrus just do a boys episode you should ask him those questions well see on our patreon we do what's called food for thought uncut where at the end of every episode, we record a 30-minute additional episode, which is us without any, like, you know, no holds barred, basically. So I should pull up your old questions and ask them during that episode. Well, I have some new ones, so I can... I can... Oh, send them my way! <laughs> send them my way. Yeah, that'll be um, a good one. I've been watching... I watched a little bit of Shaw Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched... Um... Judgment of Judgment of an Assassin. Nice. Uh, that's from uh, Sung Chung, I believe. Let me ch- double check the yeah Sun uh, Sun Chung. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a pretty interesting director because he started off his career with comedies, 
uh, with crime thrillers like cop movies. Yeah. And then he moves into Busha and some of the stuff that he's directed is easily my favorite. Um, nice. He's done ju- Judgment of an Assassin is, I think, incredible. He's also done uh, the Kung Fu Instructor. Oh, so good. So good. Uh, he also did Human Lanterns. Oh, great. Coming uh, out soon for me. Yep, films. coming out very soon. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's also done Avenging Eagle. Which oh, is, my God. That's one of the what, that's one of the greatest Shaw Brothers films ever made. Hands easily. down. That is yeah. one of that is one of my favorites. And then uh, the actually the last movie I got to complete my collection is Rendezvous with Death. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Which I which I got. And uh, yeah, he is. He's like this hidden gin because everyone when you when you think of Shaw Brothers you think of like Chang Che you think of Walker Lung mm-hmm. um, you think of I think uh, now Choi people Yoon are, as well yeah well I was gonna say people are starting to talk about him True. because he just died yes but there is like a handful of directors like Sun like Sun Chung who are just incredible yeah. but get overlooked because they aren't you know. The five that like they don't have the five deadly venoms in it. Yeah, um, yeah. They don't have any of the big names like Gordon Liu, Alexander Fusheng. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite directors. This movie is, I think, really good. But um, what I like the most about it is that at the time, it's you know he started his Wuxia films kind of in the middle to late period of when Shaw was starting to like decline from like the studio oh, production. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I like is that the set pieces, because if you watch a lot of these Shaw movies, a lot of the set pieces are very similar. You're like, oh, that's the tea house that everyone fights in. <laughs> yes, that's, that's the same throne. Uh, there's there's a scene towards the end where there's this massive battle with a bunch of people. And it's like it looks like it's taking place at like an actual castle like temple. Oh. There's like big steps. But I can't tell if that was a real location or if it was like a painting that yeah. they just somehow were able to like make it look like it was real it looks phenomenal um i'll have to watch it. i've actually got that film on vcd of all things what the fuck <laughs> yeah yeah i it's some guy years ago uh gave me a handful of vcds and that's one of them i think uh, ode to gallantry is another one that's that's a pretty solid movie um, yeah it's not bad i only own two vcds mm-hmm. and one of them was beach of the war gods with jim wing you Nice. And uh, one of them is the only way I can find this movie because it's a Shaw, it's a Shaw Bros movie, and the name of it is Rape of the Sword. <laughs> Great. There's no nice. rape really in the movie. Um, it's just that movie gets filtered on a lot of, like on eBay. Oh yeah. On yeah. Amazon. So I found I've been and I was looking for months and months for this and uh, found it on VCD, and I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to pick it up. And I did, and it looks awful. The quality of VCDs are terrible. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. That's why I haven't revisited my VCDs much because just then they're not worth it sometimes. I didn't know that you could just put them in a DVD player. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. But um, you want to talk about one of the worst things we watched? I, I, yeah, I am ready. My body is ready, as they say. So we're, before we talk about Goyokin, we want to highlight a movie that just got re released on Blu ray mm-hmm. called uh, Kononichi. Lady Ninja and Kononichi literally just means Lady Ninja. <laughs> so it's Lady literally Ninja, Lady, Lady Ninja, Ninja, Lady Ninja. It's nice. like it's what you just call a female ninja. Um, what's weird about this movie is that it is the seventh and final film in a series. So they released the final film in a and in a complete series. It's mostly standalone, from what I've gathered, but 
you still have to have some context of what's happening. Oh, it's nuts, though. It's a nuts film. It is crazy. It's mm-hmm. one of the. I think. I think when the action is 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 like on, it's one of the coolest things I've seen. I I would one hundred percent agree with you. I think it features some of the most imaginative stuff I've seen on screen. And anyone listening, the budget for this film is literally six dollars. Like they spent nothing on this film. Nothing. But Zero. Some of some of the action sequences are just just out there, but they are really, really genuinely good. Sadly, the rest of the film is not. And most of the film is not action. So correct. Yes. It's it's a lot of terrible plot that makes zero sense because there's no context yeah. to anything that's happening because it's the seventh and final film in a fucking franchise. Um but man, there are there's nipple ninja magic. There is nipple ninja magic, and uh, I wanted it to be more sleazy. Uh, I mean, I expected it to be more closer to. I know it's a Japanese movie, but I expected it uh, to be more like a Cat Three film, and uh, it's not. It really isn't. It's a kind of typical ninja movie with a little bit of nudity here and there. I think its problem is that it plays itself too seriously. It, oh, like, yes, yes, it's way too. It doesn't. Like it doesn't know that it's a fun exploitation movie, yeah. and if they would have gone with that tone, it would have been, I think, much better. But they're playing it deadly serious. Yeah, and it, it becomes uh, it, it it sags in places because they're, they're trying to get this plot across, and the plot, quite frankly, is boring as hell. It's not very interesting, and it kind of drags on in places, and you're just itching for the next action sequence, and they just don't come. Uh, enough they don't come as often as i'd like them to be so i sold my copy (laughs) you sold your copy already yeah man i mean i'm gonna keep it because i have a rule like if if it's a ninja movie or like a a kung fu movie or a samurai movie i'll i'll keep it regardless of how i feel about it because i want to have like a i guess like a library of those genres that's fair yeah um but man i i like the opening sequence is so cool like the first Oh man! Ten minutes. I was like, "Man, this is what this movie is. This is going to be a great hidden gem." Yeah. And then it's not that for the rest of the movie. And uh, it came out in ninety eight or ninety seven, so it's as old as my wife. Um, and it is, it looks terrible. Uh, they they they, <laughs> yeah. they have a little warning on the back of the box that says, "Hey, this is about as good as the film elements are going to get." Uh, so we apologize if it looks like shit. Yeah. And it looks terrible. It does. It does. Uh, the film starts off with some guy pulling out his eyeballs and his eyeballs turning into ninjas, which is the coolest thing I've ever seen, basically. Um, but it, it's it's a slippery slope from there. And I know what you mean by uh, by wanting to keep your copy. I mean, I own some of the most garbage kung fu movies that have ever existed. Um, so I know. I, I But just, I don't know. I'm going to pass this on to someone who really wants it. And uh, yeah. I'm you gonna, know what's I, crazy is that that is that it was on the on the day it it was released it was not available on amazon it yeah. was only i couldn't find it anywhere but orbit yep and i think it was last episode actually that me and you were like we don't know if this is a porno yeah i secretly kind of hoped it was a porno <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it wasn't it wasn't porno enough i actually bought um from orbit i wanted to buy a few titles i actually bought um Kanonichi Ninja or Lady Ninja, and I bought Machine Girl, so I'm, I'm quite Girl's happy with good. Machine Girl. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, um, but after I watched uh, Kanonichi, I was like, man, I have another female ninja movie in my collection called Shinobi Girl. 
Have you heard of this? I have not heard of that one. I think I was the only person to review it on Letterboxd, but it's directed by the guy who owns Media Blasters, the guy who put out Kononichi. Oh, wow. It is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is da- is terrible. Uh, I think I reviewed it. And I said they need to change the name to Shit No B Girl because this <laughs> is so fucking awful. Um, not good. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's um, never fun. I do have a I do have a question for our listeners. So anyone out there, if you know what film I'm about to talk about, please let me know. So uh, basically, a ninja attacks a woman, and the woman. Uh, spreads her legs and releases a whole bunch of bubbles out of her vagina. And the Ninja bubbles... Wars. Ninja Wars? Yes. Right? With um, with uh, Sonny Chiba, right? I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've only seen that clip. So I wanted to know what film it's from, so I want to watch that film. I think it's like Ninja Wars or Ninja Clans or something. Okay, then I need to... I need to Because that clip is bonkers. I have that. I have that movie. Oh, really? I have it in my collection. Yes, it, it came with uh, like a box set of terrible ninja movies. Oh, it's it's definitely stuff like that is very much my cup of tea. Not that I'm like <laughs> super sleazy or anything, but just wild stuff like that. I'm I'm really down for. I I don't love that stuff all the time. I have to be in the right mood. Mm-hmm. But uh, you want to get on to our main our yeah. main topic today? Let's jump um, into it. We're talking about Goyokin, which uh, a little background about this movie came out in 1969. Uh, it stars the big three, is what they call it, uh, which is Tatsuo Nakadai, uh, Tetsuro Tamba, and Kenosuke uh, Nakamura. Uh, Toshiro Mifune was supposed to play Kenosuke Nakamura's role, which mm. he is uh, uh, Saman, the like Ronin character. Yes. Not the main character, and not the brother-in-law, but the other main character. Yes, uh, Toshiro Mifune was supposed to play him. He was supposed to reprise his role as Yojimbo. That's supposed to be a like an unofficial Yojimbo movie. Interesting. Um, he backed out because uh, he had some problems with Hideo Gosha, the director, and he didn't want to film in the cold. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it comes out in 1969. Uh, it is Gosha's first movie in color. Uh, this gets remade in 1975 in America called The Master Gunfighter. It is a shot-for-shot remake as a uh-huh. Western starring Tom Laughlin of Billy Jack fame. Okay. And... I would consider this one of the three greatest samurai movies ever. Interesting. Interesting. I think it, so for me, I think objectively, like my favorite movie of all time, seven samurai. Yeah. But I think from an objective lens, I think Harakiri is a perfect movie. It's okay. beautifully shot. It's directed perfectly. The score is perfect. Uh, so I think that objectively is the better movie, but I think this and seven samurai are tied in my eyes as number two. Okay. Um, I see this, this movie did, did weird things to my brain um, because I think this film is impeccably directed. I think it looks phenomenal. Every single shot is like just set up and staged perfectly. And as, as a piece of film, it is just, it's just crafted so incredibly well. My only issue with it is that I didn't necessarily love the story or the characters. Um, it didn't really do a lot for me, and I felt like it was too long. I felt like it dragged a little bit. Um, so as a piece of art, I very, very much appreciate it, and I, I think it's like a, a wonderful piece of art. But as a piece of entertainment, 
not necessarily. It didn't do a lot for me. So what? So what exactly don't you like about the movie? Is it just the the length? Because it's about two hours. It's a little no, over two hours. Not necessarily just the length. I think my problem is that um, while the the all the characters in this film, while they are interesting, I think some of them are a little paper thin. Um, I don't think we get enough uh, of a focus on the characters. And don't get me wrong, you know, the lead uh, the lead character, um, I keep forgetting his name. Magobi? Uh, Magobi, thank you. He is, he's a phenomenal character. He's this, like, um, you know, this grizzled swordsman who's very honorable, and he's got this, like, uh, uh, this moral obligation to complete. But I just wanted more, and, and I just... I don't know. I didn't find that there was much. And I could be wrong. Uh, keep in mind, someone could fire back an essay at me at how deep this film is, but I didn't find it to have like many layers or much depth to it. It was kind of very surface um, or surface level. And yeah, I, it, it didn't, it just didn't do a lot for me. And at times I thought not only the film was a little too long, which that isn't my chief complaint. I just felt like a lot of the scenes tended to drag. Um, and they were a little bit long, and the the, the film could have been tighter. Um, but yeah, just it, it felt very surface level, and it it kind of um, I don't want to call it dull. It, it wasn't dull, but it was it was like mon- a bit monotonous, I would say. Now I want to highlight this came out in '69. Does this feel like a 1969 movie? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I I think it. it for for what it is, it feels very much. I mean, you can tell just by the you know how it's filmed, and you can tell it's a sixty nine movie to the, for the most part. But the way it's staged, the way it's directed, and just the way it's made, it feels like a later film. I I could say this is like, I, not too much later, but if you would have told me this was like seventy seven, I probably would have believed you. Now, the only thing that feels old to me about this movie is that they they start the movie off with a lot of like exposition, which is a narrator. Which is a trope that a lot of Japanese movies had of that time period, yeah. and that's the only like to me that's the only thing that makes it feel um, like a nineteen sixty nine movie. But the rest of it, the acting, the way the way it's filmed, yeah. uh, it just all feel like a much like it feels like a, it feels like it's ahead of its time. And I would agree. And Gosha, I think for me, and this is going to be a controversial opinion, but for me, Gosha is quickly becoming. Um, I think on par with Akira Kurosawa, uh, for me personally, um, he, his first movie was three outlaw samurai, which got a criterion release, which I own actually, but I I haven't watched yet. I've seen like the first 10 minutes, but I have to turn it off, but I do own that. I'm, I'm always blown away. Uh, when like, I'm, I'm always blown away that they picked that movie, Mm -hmm. uh, to release. Cause I, I mean, I think it's good. Um, but I don't think it's his best work. Sure. He did. Uh, he also. Well, they also released Sword of the Beast on DVD as part of that box set, uh, oh, the Samurai you. Rebellion box set. Um, he did a. Uh, have Have you ever heard of the character uh, Tanga Tange Sensen or T- Tange Sazen? No, doesn't ring a bell. He, uh, I don't know if uh, Osama Tezuka because Osama Tezuka did a manga on it. I don't know if that's the origin or not, but it's a long running character and there's movies dating back to the 50s with with this character Mm -hmm. but he's got one arm and he's got one eye um okay and there's a bunch of movies uh gosha did two movies with that character 
uh, The Secret of the Urn, which was also put out by uh, Tokyo Shock. And then later this year, he's getting Samurai Wolf 1 and 2 is getting released by uh, Film Movement. But he's on par, like, in his later career. He's got these epics that rival, in my opinion, Akira Kurosawa. He's got uh, Tenchu, The Wolves, Bandits versus Samurai Squadron, Hunter in the Dark, Onimasa, uh, Geisha, Death Shadows. Like he's got these really incredible pieces of work right. that I don't that that don't get as much love as. Whoa, hey guy. <sighs> God bless me, man. That, that was <laughs> that came out of nowhere. <laughs> I, thought I was having a stroke. I was like, man, I have to sneeze. I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, but he uh, he doesn't get that much love. Uh, and he's only had a couple things released here uh, in the West in recent memory. Um, but I think this is his masterpiece. I think this is an incredible film. I uh, it's For me, I don't think it's shallow. I think it's actually pretty deep. I, it's, it's obviously about a samurai yeah. who is questioning the ethics of what being a samurai is the question, right. the code of Bushido. Um, so for those who haven't seen this movie uh, there, so the way the Japanese uh, this, this is also why it may be confusing is because there's a lot of terms that are just thrown at you. Yes. You, like you're not going to know. So uh, during, so there, so there's the emperor and then there's the shogunate and the shogunate pretty much, like runs shit for the emperor is what and if i'm wrong just let me know um but from from my understanding is that the emperor is like the king chief and then there's the shogunate and um then there are lords who own who then take care of like sections of japan where like there's land and stuff so one of the lords uh they're not making that much money on taxes because they had some of their land taken from them from the emperor so there's a shipment of gold that is going to be coming into this beach in this little in this little like farming village off by the coast. Um, and the lord that owns that piece of land hires his head samurai, which is played by Tetsuro Tamba, to rob like to basically steal the gold and, and yeah. make it look like it was the fifth to make it look like it was the fishing village. Yeah. So the opening of the movie, uh, you see a girl coming home. Uh, she sees what looks like a fake funeral procession. Um, and she's like, oh, that's cute. Someone got married while I was gone. And she comes back into her village and she finds her family slaughtered. Everyone's dead. And you get these little flashbacks of what happened. And what happened was they go to steal the gold. They hire the, they hire the fishing village to actually steal it. And then they killed the fishing village yeah. and stole it from them. I will say, um, and I, I mean this with every inkling of my being what I'm about to say, I genuinely think the opening of this film is one of the best openings I've seen in Asian cinema. Literally. It's beautiful. It's not only is it beautiful. I mean, it is incredibly well shot and it is a beautiful scene, but it feels like a horror movie. Like with, all, bit, the, yeah. with all the crows or I don't know if they're ravens or crows. I'm not entirely sure, but just the, the fear that's in this woman where she's looking for her fellow villagers and looking for her family. It's so good. It's so good. I loved it. Um, yeah. There's yeah. a scene where you think you see decapitated, well not decapitated, but like uh, cut off hands yeah. hanging from like a corner. It doesn't fully show it, but you're like, is that what that is? Yeah. It's, and- it's really good. But yeah, I I I totally agree because you you see from her point of view this what looks like a not a funeral procession a wedding procession I don't know why I said funeral earlier 
uh, you see what it looks like. You know, there's the bride up on the horse covered mm-hmm. in white. And then it does a close-up shot briefly of her, and she's got blood on her. Yeah. And then it shows her going into the village and like, guys, I'm here. Where's everybody? And then I think the only character I do hate in this movie is when you find that character later, that 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 girl. Yes. The guy that she's teamed up with. Is yeah. Yeah. They're, they're a bit frustrating when they're together. But that actress is beautiful. Yes. Like, I was like, man. That was a beautiful lady. Um, but the rest of the movie, so so the so uh, Tetsuo Nekadai is visibly upset by by everyone turning their back on these innocent people. Yeah. Um, he actually kills somebody out of self-defense and he feels awful about it. So he says, fuck this, I'm leaving. Uh, but he did swear that he would never tell what happened. So he's he's in this town, uh, there's people looking for him. And this is when we get the first bit of action. There's this really cool scene where uh, pretty much that's when that guy's character is like a circus guy sword. So he shows off his sword skills by there's a woman playing a banjo and she puts a fish between on her legs and he cuts it in half without hurting her. And then one of the swordsmen who's looking for him goes, I want you to keep playing to the girl playing the banjo Mm -hmm. and just one by one cuts all her strings. Yeah. It's a great moment. It's this really intense. I think brilliant scene where two guys are like kind of like squaring off with each other. Like they're having a duel without hurting each other. Yeah. And then later on uh, they try to kill him and he murders everybody. Ah, So good. That seems great as well. So good. So many, um, so much shadow work going on. Like everyone's like bathed in shadow and it's, it's a really, really good scene. So dark and like ominous and just, yeah, I love it. What I love during that scene is, uh, you know, when he kills, so like it, like it, it, it keeps him in like center frame of the entire Mm -hmm. shot. Yeah. There's a scene where he puts his sword behind him, but he's facing the camera still and he kills the guy from behind like he stabs the sword yes, thrusts yes. it backwards and i and watching it at first you're like why is he doing it and then out from the side another character comes so he was yeah. keeping his eye on the dude that's off screen and it's just this very intense it, like it's it's not a jump scare but it makes you go oh shit like there's, yeah, more, there's more happening still what is the significance of him when he's basically he's he, Earlier, um, he's trying to sell his sword, essentially, and then changes his mind. What's the significance of him? Is it pouring sake on the sword's handle? See, I don't... I, yeah, he's pouring sake on the handle, and I don't know if... I don't know the pure significance of yeah. that exactly. I thought that was interesting. But in real in real life, samurais very rarely use their swords. Their swords were more of a... um, They were more of like a status symbol. Yeah. And, you know, like, if you had a samurai sword, it was more of, like, a decorative piece. It was, like, when I put on my fucking Yeezys yeah. when I'm going out. Um, well, <laughs> probably not like that, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was more of a status symbol. The real weapons that they used, they were master bowmen. Um, right. And they were really good with spears. Spears were, like, the main weapon as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was obviously samurais who did use swords. They obviously did get used, but there is a romanticized uh, aspect about the swords in in movies and in culture now but that that whole thing of him trying to sell the sword that symbolizes him trying to completely wash away right right he's trying to just step away from everything but then he has a second he has a second 
he, he's like, no, no, wait, I need to go and stop them. Because what the plot is, is once they find him, he finds out that they're getting ready to do what they did to that village three years ago again. Yeah. And he goes and stops them. And um, my favorite scene of the entire movie, and you didn't like it, which blew my mind, <laughs> is the drumming. Yeah. I will say this. I will say this. It might not be that I didn't like the drumming. It may be closer to I didn't get the drumming. I didn't understand it. I don't think. Like it was just. I think it's just a ceremony for the final duel. I, and by the way, the final duel I fucking loved. That was like the the highlight of the film for me. It's incredible. so incredible. It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, incredible final duel. So those two, um, those two characters fight in a duel in another movie and i believe it's harakiri i haven't seen harakiri in a long ass okay. time but i believe that they um yeah tatsuo nakadai and tetsuro tamba um duel in another mm. film and yeah it's harakiri so i was just looking at my notes so the final duel in harakiri is against those same two guys yeah um but if you have you seen harakiri i have not no Oh man, we're gonna have to watch Harakiri for this. Oh yeah, eventually. Yeah. Um, that came out in '62, and that still feels ahead of its time. Okay. Um, I think that's the greatest film ever made. Masaki Kobayashi, um, is just an incredible filmmaker. But this movie is, in my opinion, one of the best three. But you didn't like it that much, which sucks. Um, uh, this film for me, this is gonna be a weird comparison, but hopefully the the listeners will understand. So. This is gonna, yeah. This is gonna be a truly bizarre comparison, but let me let me explain it. So I compare this film to Jackie Chan's Miracles. The reason why. (laughs) (laughs) Bear with me. Bear with me. Okay. 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 uh, Personally, I compare it to Miracles in that. So I grew up uh, watching like Drunken Master, and then moved on to the Police Story films, Armor of God, so on and so forth. All those films. Now, when I first watched Miracles, I fucking hated it. I didn't like that film at all. I thought it was boring. I thought it was long. I thought it was like, it didn't have enough action in it. Blah, 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 blah. I just, I didn't care for it at all. Of course, it's been released recently on Blu-ray. I've rewatched it twice on Blu-ray and I love Miracles. In fact, I'd say Miracles is Jackie Chan's best directed film by far. Holy not, shit. Not my favorite film of his, but as far as uh, direction, he it, it's his, easily his best film. So I think to switch it over to like samurai cinema, I think I've been spoiled, not spoiled, but I think I've been so used to watching Lone Wolf and Cub and 13 Assassins and kind of blood-drenched, action-packed samurai films that when I come across one now that is better made and quieter and more ponderous, I think I'm like, maybe I'm a bit immature in, in like in my tastes in that I'm going, well, where's the fighting? Where's this? Where's that? And I feel like this particular film, like even talking to you about it now, we've talked through a bunch of scenes and I've said that I liked every single one of the scenes. So I have a, <laughs> I have a feeling that like if I watch this again, maybe, you know, a, a few months from now, that I would actually appreciate it even more. And it may be one of those films that grow on me. Um, it doesn't help as well. I must admit that I was watching this on a laptop. 
Um, so a, a laptop that was rested on my lap, and it I, it probably I mean, did. I I was watching it on my television, but it's a DVD from like 2005, so it, <laughs> okay. it's probably didn't look too much better. No, that I, I found this movie pretty hard to find, but I managed to find a, a copy online. Um, yeah, it, I, so I I feel like I really respect it, and I really appreciate the filmmaking of it, and I think in the future, or not even in the future, maybe after I've watched a few more of these slower more mature samurai films i will get to the point where i'm just like oh i get it i get it now and i i understand why the films like this and i pick up more on the themes and the context and i think and I the have... terms too because there's a lot the of terms yeah i i absolutely think i'll get there at some point i mean it's just it's the same as i mean i compare it a lot to kung fu cinema but it's the same with kung fu cinema if you watch like uh, cantonese comedy no one understands cantonese comedy when they first watch it it's ridiculous and over the top but the more you watch it the more you're like oh okay i get it it's stupid so i feel with samurai films it's the opposite it's like you i want something stupid because i'm used to something stupid and then uh you know, I'm getting something more mature. And by the way, like my one of my favorite films is like In the Mood for Love. I do like quiet, contemplative films. <laughs> I don't want to put it out there that I'm an absolute fucking moron. But um, yeah, I, I think I think this particular genre, I've just been, I've been, it's hammered into my head that I, I like the gory uh, action-packed stuff and I just need to get more in tune with this genre. Now, I mean, I think, I mean, I do think it's just probably you have to take your time like you asked me what was it last episode or the first episode what is chumbara like would this yes. classify chumbara mm-hmm. and that's why it's so difficult because chumbara just means sword fighting film yes and technically there are swords fighting in this movie technically there are swords fighting in seven samurai and yo jimbo yeah. but when you think chumbara you think like you said, the blood drenched lone wolf and cub you think yeah. of zadoichi you think of like these almost borderline exploitation films yeah yeah exactly um, but really the genre like that's why it's so hard to i think samurai films are so hard to like really narrow down by genre because you can say kung fu and you instantly get it yes you instantly get what a kung fu movie is but yeah. when you say samurai movie that or you know chum or like chambara that encompasses everything from akira kurosawa to the grimiest shitty exploitation movie absolutely Absolutely. So, I, 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 I personally get it. I do. I do think the next couple episodes we should because we've had we did our first two episodes are more serious tone movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think we should do, and I'll let you pick. I think we should do a exploitation esque movie. Interesting. Interesting. Like maybe the first three Lone Wolf and Cubs, we can do a two parter. I think that would be awesome. I, I I've been itching to revisit the Lone Wolf and Cub films, to be honest. Uh, to be honest um, with you, I watch them probably once every couple months. Like I, yeah, I'm obsessed with it's. It's, it's my favorite franchise. Um, I love those movies. Um, yeah, that would that would be awesome to to do the first three. Um, I would really like to finally declare my favorite. I think I have a favorite out of the out of the series. Um, but I'd like to watch them again just to be sure. Which one's your favorite? Honestly, and I think this is a weird choice. I really like the first one. You like Sword of Vengeance the best. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the more kind of slower ones, I think. I think um, that is the slowest movie in the yeah. franchise. I don't know. My tastes are weird. I don't know what's wrong with me. 
<laughs> well, well, you really liked Dune, so yeah, I did. I did like Dune. Yes, I did not like Dune. No, I thought visually it was beautiful. I thought it was a great movie. I thought it is, I think it is Denis Villeneuve's uh, worst movie. Wow. Um, okay. I I think if a part two, I, I here's the thing: is that visually, it's I think it's the best looking sci fi thing ever. Yes, I adore. The costumes. I really like the like Middle Eastern aesthetic mixed with sci-fi. Yeah. I love that. I loved everything visually about that movie. But the plot, it definitely needed it definitely needs part two. Oh it yeah. Because it just it like a lot happens, but also not a lot happens, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I, I'm fully with you. And uh, I love I, some of my favorite like people to talk uh, about movies with are those that like don't follow the whole sheep mentality. Um, and I always appreciate that. And I see, obviously I see less and less of it now. Like I'm on, I've only been on Twitter for like a few months, but on Twitter, it's just like, everyone seems to either shit on each other or they just follow the same train of thought. And they're like, this film's amazing. And no one can say anything else about it. But I always like different opinions and how people can like, uh, put them forward with reason. Like you said, Dune is one of my favorite movie going experiences of my entire life. And I mean, and, if I saw it in theaters, I probably would have thought the same. Like I, I also watched it at home. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You know, I watched it on a 4K television, and I feel about Dune how you feel about Goy Jokin. Yeah, where yeah. it's like maybe if I return to it after Part Two comes out, I'll be like, wow, this is fucking incredible. I, I have read the books. I love the books. I think, like I said, I think it's a good movie. I think visually, it's incredible. I think he near perfectly adapted the the actual books um but there was such this fever dream around this movie coming out like there was like this like yeah. just everyone's like, oh my god denise a master and i do think denise a master but i do think prisoners is his best movie it's a great film prisoners is really really good i it's 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 just it's mind-blowingly good my uh i mean not to get depressed but my uncle uh lost his daughter so my cousin died when she was five in 2012 mm. yeah. and he is it not not heath ledger uh, hugh jackman i don't know yeah. why i said heath hugh jackman perfectly encapsulates what a father going through grief is like like in that yeah. movie i was i was getting flashbacks to my uncle i was like holy shit that is exactly what he was acting like exactly what he was thinking going through um so that movie a little bit of a special place in my heart i think that's his best work um and then i think sicario is number two sicario is great as well i I love sicario i think it's and i didn't like that first time i watched it it took me really yeah it took me a second viewing for some reason i just i i I did i just couldn't get into it for some reason and um it took me one more viewing and i I absolutely love it i i I get it and think it's fantastic um but yeah yeah and then and then dune's number three for me i like i i really like dune yeah, he's he's a fantastic director, and he's he stumbled a little along the way. Like Enemy, I just don't understand Enemy. I just don't understand what it's about. It so when I sense. said I think it's his, I, I literally just said I think it's his worst movie. I take that back. I do like Dune more than Arrival, yeah, and more mm-hmm. than Enemy. Yeah, Enemy, I just I I just don't get it. It, it didn't make any sense to me. Um, but yeah, I think that's interesting. I think as we, as we go, uh, as we keep making episodes of this podcast, I think people will get a, uh, you, you and I usually agree 
pretty pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think the, the one of the strangest opinions I have that no one agrees with is I will go to bat for Eternals. I fucking love Eternals. I I mean I didn't like it like it, but yeah. I thought it was okay. It's I'm so tired of Marvel movies. Yeah. I'm so yeah. I'm so exhausted, and I say that as an idiot who literally just watches samurai cook food and spaghetti restaurants. <laughs> so. My opinion is not worth anything, but I am so like I was texting. I think it was you, right? When I said yeah. what happens in the movie, mm-hmm. um, I was like, I don't care about spoilers when it comes to Marvel movies because I'm not going to watch them. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a friend like that who I do uh, food for thought with Cyrus. He doesn't give a shit. He'll watch every Marvel film, but he just doesn't give a shit if, if I spoil him. I told him all the spoilers from Doctor Strange last night, and he just doesn't care. Yeah, I mean, I just I like I'll eventually see it but yeah yeah it's not i i don't own a single marvel movie out of the thousand plus movies i own like i don't i i don't own any actually i don't think i own any superhero movies you don't even own blade how dare you i actually don't own (laughs) blade i own blade 2 but i wouldn't count those straight up as uh, no they're not proper that that, that's something else even movies in my opinion Yes, I would. The I would first two, agree. not the third one. <laughs> we don't. We don't talk about the third one. Third one is fucking awful. Yes, um, yes. But man, when I saw, actually, I saw Blade. I'll never forget. My parents still lived in our old apartment because my parents, they started the restaurant in ninety two mm-hmm. or ninety one. That came out what ninety nine. Uh, yeah, it's somewhere around there. I take a and swing I, at. And I was, and I was born in ninety two, and I was. Uh, we were still living at the apartment before my parents built their house. And I remember standing on the staircase watching it without <laughs> my parents knowing and just being like, this is the coolest fucking thing yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's 98. Blade was 98. Jesus Christ. My wife is only a year older than Blade. That's crazy. Because she's young. <laughs> There's a, I mean, she still hasn't even seen Lord of the Rings. Wow. How do you feel about how wait, how do you feel about rings? Um, I think I mean I've got nothing bad to say about Lord of the Rings. I think as a trilogy, it's one of the greatest trilogies ever made. I mean, I, I would never say otherwise. Do I watch it often and do I like uh, pine to watch it and think all the characters are fantastic and all that stuff? Not necessarily, but I, I think they're fantastic films. That's pretty much how I feel about it. I yeah. I saw them in theaters as a kid, liked them, but I haven't watched them in probably 20 years. Yeah, I've never seen the extended editions, put it that way. <laughs> no, nah, that's all right. I'm going to skip that. That's, you know, yeah. three, three and a half hours for yeah. each movie. No, nah, I'm okay. Give me give me John Wick, John Wick 2 and John Wick 3 any day. <laughs> Did you hear about John Wick 4's footage? Yeah, he's got nunchucks. Yeah, nunchucks. He just yeah. kills a bunch of people with nunchucks. I was very excited about that. I'm so pumped about that movie, dude. You have no idea. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting. It's gonna Taylor be a good has one. a Taylor has a rule that I'm not allowed to watch John Wick around her because oh, I really? watched it so much <laughs> when we first got together that she's annoyed. She's like, "No, John Wick, please." Oh, that's cool. I I haven't seen it that much. I'm I'm happy that I haven't seen it that much because it's it's one of those films that me and my wife, if we can't find anything to watch, we'll definitely throw on a John Wick. It's just it's fucking solid. It's yeah, good. and John Wick 4's cast is just like a, 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 literally a dream come true. So I think it's too good to be true. I think the movie's going to suck. 
Yeah, it's a possibility. A possibility. And like, I'm I'm beginning to dislike Scott Adkins. So it's what, whoa, like, why? Because your wife thinks he's hot? No, because he's anti-vax and all that stuff. He's a wait, what? Weirdo. Yeah, he's a weirdo. He, he came out and said a lot. Scott of Adkins is. Oh yeah, yeah. God damn it! Why? Yeah, he was on Twitter saying all types of stuff about vaccinations, and he was being all weird about it. And ended up, I think he might have deleted the tweets, but he definitely said some weird stuff about it. I can't even remember. Are what you he said. shitting me? No, no. Yeah, he's he said some. I think he said some stuff about. I don't know. He said something else that was controversial as well. I just don't remember what it was. Um, but yeah, he's a he's one of those guys. When you're in a position like that, where like you're this ultra likable guy. Mm-hmm. And you're goddamn gorgeous, and you're you got the body of a Greek god. Yeah, just shut the fuck up about your political views and your opinions on shit. Just yeah, just fucking. I I I mean I hate when people tell you know like when Kobe was protesting or when uh or when uh um God what's his name Colin Kaepernick was protesting. Yeah, yes. Just shut up and play ball, and I hated that. Yeah. But Scott Atkins just shut up and star in terrible action movies. Yeah, that's that's it. He's not. I, no offense to him, but he's not quite big enough to have like a like a, 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 a big podium to stand on. And like, it's just. I get it. He wants his opinion out there, but yeah, just just keep it quiet and give. Us- I was just talking to somebody about Scott Atkins and Frank Grillo. Oh yeah, and John. I guess Scott Atkins, Frank Grillo, and John Berthnall like all occupied the same space in my mind. They're like rough dudes that are awesome. They need new managers because <laughs> they're in the fucking like, especially Frank Grillo and Scott Atkins. They're in the worst fucking shit. Frank Grillo, I, I don't know what he's doing. He should be a star. He should. He's fucking gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. He's a good actor. He's great, and he's and just he knows how to do action sequences. Yeah, I, I don't he know what be, he's doing. I don't have a have you seen that Netflix movie Drive with him? Oh no, the Wheelman, right? The Wheelman. That, it's that, that, great. That, it's a really good film fucking great movie and yeah. i watched it i was like why isn't this motherfucker in everything and then he's good in cop shop yes oh sorry i completely forgot about the film yes amazing film loved that yeah and he's just but then he's in a bunch of absolute duds yeah he's in beyond skyline and shit like that <laughs> <laughs> i forgot they made a sequel to that movie yeah yeah I, speaking I, of people with terrible managers eco needs a new manager oh my god Something I feel sorry for Eco because obviously he's been in what might be the best modern action film of all time. I think he, it is the period the best action. I think the right. Raid and Raid 2 are period of and all he, time. And he can never live up to that because he can never make a film that good again. So he's he's fucked from the get-go, really. But I just yeah, I just want to see him in, in something else. And the next film he's in is the Expendables 4, and I'm just like, fucking hell. That's gonna be good. Terrible. Yeah, of course, it's gonna be awful. And just, I don't know. I, I feel sorry that his career didn't completely blow up and he went on. I wish he would have just gone on with his team, his stunt team, to just make movie after movie that's just fantastic. The Night Comes for Us, a fantastic film. Just give him more of that. Wait, did Eco do the fight scenes for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, him and his team. So they did the fight scenes for Wu Assassins, right? Yes. So why? Because those fight scenes are terrible. I think uh, Wu Assassins, it was a case of, um, firstly, that director didn't know how to shoot fights, it felt like. And then I don't think he had enough time uh, to focus on it because it was a Netflix production. I assume they just sped through it and didn't give him enough time. 
everyone from the raid kind of just went and did duds like joe taslam yeah joe taslam like, after after much. like the night comes for us it's just mortal kombat yeah i guess he's coming back from mortal kombat 2 and that's a, he's in that's the warrior tv show right that's pretty good he is and that is very good and he's very good in it i've only seen like the first maybe two or three episodes it's solid it's it's really good it, it's it, it from what I remember, it was really good, but then I started watching The Shield around the same time and yeah. just got engulfed in The Shield. Understandable. I am engulfed in The Shield at the moment. <laughs> I am Again, like on... still? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm only... I, I'm moving through it quite slowly. I'm on season... Just hit season four. Damn. Yeah, I'm watching that and Justified at the same time, so I'm kind of balancing the two. I need to start watching Justified. I started watching The Wire because... yeah. Uh, the same guys who made The Wire have a new show with John Berthnall called We Run the City. Oh, have you seen that yet? Great, dude. Is it good? I really want to see it. It's fucking great. Yeah. It's you, you need to pay attention. Like it's one of those things where uh, they jump forward and backwards in time Got a you. lot. Yeah. Uh, they do tell you by uh, like it'll show like a like a screen of a com of a of a computer. Yeah. And it'll be like someone logging in like a report, like a police report, mm-hmm. and they'll focus on the date, and then that's when. It goes back in time. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but it's good. the The new episode comes out. I think it came out last night. I think it's every Monday, so I need to watch it. But the first two, uh, John Berthnall is not in it a lot, but it's it looks like it's setting him up to be the main character. Yeah. But again, Baltimore uh, seems like a complete shithole. I, yeah, man. Give me give me corrupt cops in a show or a movie. I'll watch the hell out of it. I love a good corrupt cop show. Don't you live near Baltimore? I do. Yeah. Well, is it as violent as they say? I do you know what I live. I probably live like an hour away from Baltimore, and I've only actually been in Baltimore twice. But apparently, uh, one of my coworkers uh, lives in Baltimore, and he says that in certain areas you just don't fuck around, like you don't go down certain streets and things like that. That's there's a town over from where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally ten minutes away, and it used to be relatively safe, and then. They moved a project from Chicago to this town, and we had Got like, you. I think, over a hundred murders last year or something. Jesus, like all, all obviously gang related. So it's yeah. not like I'm not like I'm not worried about it. But like, there's like now like 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 when my wife goes into town, I'm like, eh, maybe you should just not go into town, just get Instacart or something. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a certain area. I used to when I first moved to this country, I moved to Chicago. And that's where I lived. And uh, I I remember, I, I knew nothing about Chicago, nothing at all about you it. You didn't know it was like one of the most violent cities in America? Exactly. And one day I was just like, hey, I'm going to go and explore Chicago. So I found <laughs> I found myself on the south side of Chicago oh my God. by myself. And I have never been uh, called so many names and verbally attacked as much as that day. Uh, Were they calling you Ginger? Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's similar and more more mean things than that. Um, so I, I hopped on a bus and got out of there pretty pretty quickly. I uh, so have so have you heard about how dangerous Eastside St. Louis is? Yes. So me and some friends, I so I used to own a record label, oh, okay. and we used to throw shows in St. Louis uh, every Monday during like summer times, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to go pick somebody up, and we got lost because I'm not from St. Louis. We ended up in the South Side of Chicago. 2 a.m. at a gas station where there was no door. It was just a drop box. You would tell the guy <laughs> what you wanted and he would put it in a drop box and then you would pay him. Um, but at the time, I was I was very dark. I was like, because my family's from Sicily. Yes. 
And Sicily is not like Italy. It's got its own dialect. It's actually got its own language. Uh, right. it's got its own culture. It's a hodgepodge of Af- like because you can if you take a boat out uh, at a certain point in Sicily, you can literally see Africa. It's oh, wow. right there. Um, so it's got a lot of African people in there. It's got a lot of Middle Eastern people. And it's just this huge melting pot of all these different cultures. So during the summer, if if I'm outside a lot. I don't look white. I look middle. I look Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. I look Mexican. So we get lost in the Southside Chicago, and I'm with a guy who's black, and we ended up getting lost at this gas station, and we were just hanging out with these people, and there was fucking guns and drugs and uh, crazy. cars on hydraulics, and it was honestly one of the most fun nights I've ever had. <laughs> just kind of just blending in, but people, you know, people. Because I wasn't, I didn't look white. They were just accepting that there was this probably this Hispanic guy um, standing over there, just hanging out with them. And honestly, one of the most fun experiences I've ever had. But it could have probably ended up, yeah, really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. I I stay in all the safe areas these days. I don't, you know, like certain parts of DC are pretty bad. But yeah, I avoid them. I honestly, I've never felt unsafe, and I don't know if it's just because. I have too much faith in people or what, but like, like I, I used to date a girl and anytime a black guy would be on the sidewalk, she would kind of like, you know, oh, yeah. do the like clutch my purse thing and yeah. just be like, who, who gives a fuck? It's just a dude. Like I have, maybe I'm, maybe I'm naive because there are evil people out there. Um, oh yeah. But I've never been fucking scared around anybody really. The only time I've ever been scared is, uh, I was at the restaurant by myself late at night one night mm-hmm. and uh, I never locked the back door because I just leave it propped open. The, you know, like the nice cool breeze comes in. It feels great. Yeah. And uh, my, you know, my parents leave who are my, who are my co, who are, who are my coworkers. And uh, I give them a kiss goodbye. And for whatever reason, I locked the door that night. I don't know why, but I locked the door and I, and I have my uh, headphones in and I thought I heard something, but I was like, Oh, I'm listening to a podcast. It's probably, something in the background of the podcast right and uh and i'm just sweeping and mopping as i get towards the front i look there's a dude trying to break into the restaurant holy shit and uh i like open up the kitchen door and he looks at me and we just make eye contact and then he just very casually just stands up grabs his bag of whatever he had and just turned around and walked away just real slowly That's crazy. no no running no nothing just did you go after him no, I didn't fucking. I'm not, I'm not gonna risk my life. I'm a pussy. <laughs> I'm a huge pussy. I, 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 I'm short. I'm like five six. Um, I'm 290 pounds. I only thing I do is power lift, but I can lift weights. I can lift a lot of weights. Yeah. But I have no movement. Like I'm so fucking broken down. I can't. <laughs> I can't scratch my own back. I like if I get into a fight, I'm fucked. Yeah. Yeah, the worst I'm, I'm gonna do I'm is be able similar. to pick the guy up and put him on my shoulder. Yeah, I'm 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 five eleven and I'm a, I'm a big dude. I've got a lot of weight on me, but I'm also the weakest dude in the world. I would lose a fight instantly. You know, I got punched by my friend Kurt, who has zero muscle mass. He's just a very fat guy. Mm-hmm. Worst punch I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> Knocked the fucking wind out of me. Yeah, like some of us heavy guys. Yeah, if you put your weight behind a punch, it can it can do some damage. Yeah, like if you just learn how to throw a punch and you just kind of twist because it's all about just don't throw your arms out. It's all about the twist. You have to like be like a hydraulic press. You have to like yeah. twist your hips, 
throw the punch just right, and you could do some fucking real damage. Yeah, yeah. How did we even get on this conversation? I've got no idea. So yeah, Goyokin. Uh- yes. <laughs> good, very well, good, very well made film. I just didn't get it. Yeah, but uh- um, we have a question this week yeah. from sure. Martial Arts Film Freak. With your interest in Japanese media, what's your experience with tokusatsu? Stuff like Super Sentai and Kamen Rider. Do you have any experience? Um, I have very, very little experience. Very um, little experience. Very little. But I will say this. So my, my, my problem is I love that stuff. I think I would absolutely adore it. The problem is I just don't know where to start. There's so much of it. And I don't know what series, what movie. I don't know where to start. And that's where I, I, I watched a um, standalone, oh my God, what was it? A standalone Ultraman film. And I fucking loved it. I thought it was amazing. And it didn't have any background. It didn't need to tell me much. It was just a standalone film. I love the hell out of it. But some of the series, I'm just like, God, there's so much of it. Um, I love Tokusatsu. Mm-hmm. Love it. Like, I'm a massive fan. Actually, my, my YouTube channel before I started doing Blu-rays was just covering manga, anime, and tokusatsu. Okay. Um, love Kamen Rider. Um, I like Kamen Rider a lot more than I like Super Sentai. Okay. Uh, but then there's some deep cuts like Cyber Cop, uh, Blue SWAT, the Metal Hero stuff, um, Me- uh, Mega Beast Investigator, Justbian, which before I saw Mute Samurai was my favorite TV show of all time. Oh, okay. Um, Ultraman. I'm a big Ultraman fan. Um yeah, I really do love Super Sentai. I mean, I do. Sorry, I love Tokusatsu. Um, I think it's just incredible that they're able to do these goofy ass suits. Yep. These yep. giant like monsters and the mechs and the because the, the mechs are just guys in a suit. Yes. Um, it's just it's incredible. I fucking I love Tokusatsu. Where Where do you stand on Power Rangers then? Um, I don't want to sound pretentious, but I definitely prefer Sentai. Over okay. Power Rangers, mm-hmm. um, Power Rangers has a obviously a special place in my heart. I was the perfect demographic for yeah uh, Power Rangers, but yeah, if I were to go back and watch the you know watch something like that, I would much rather prefer the series that Power Rangers is based off of. Right, Power Rangers is you know it's got the goofy comedy like the slapstick stuff that I don't particularly care for, um, but I I appreciate Power Rangers. I used to watch it as a uh, a little bit as a kid. I didn't watch a lot of it, but I did appreciate it. But I imagine, yeah, I imagine I'd love... Uh, I, for example, um, one, genuinely one of my favorite Shaw Brothers movies is um, Super Inframan. I love Super Inframan. It's so good. It's so good. And I just want more of that. I just don't know where to well, find it. So a fun fact about that movie is that you know why it's just fucking action-packed monster after monster after monster? Were they trying to compete with the Japanese? No, it, it started off as a TV show. Oh, okay. So they were going to, like, the original idea was to have all these Monsters of the Week, just like Ultraman, just like Kamen Rider, mm-hmm. and they were like, now nah, let's just condense it into a movie. That's why that movie is so fucking action-packed and insane. Right. Is yeah. because they were just like, let's just take this TV show that was going to be however <laughs> long and just jam-pack it into an hour-and-a-half movie. I love it. It's it's so good. I, I will do it for uh, my podcast at some point. I'm definitely going to do it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. And I, I'd love to see more stuff like that, but I know I've spoken to a few people online who are massive fans of like, um, uh, 
is it Carmen or Cayman Rider? Carmen Rider. Carmen Rider. And uh, yeah, they just, they gave me like uh, that and Ultraman, they gave me like a list of where to jump in. And even then it seemed like too much. I was just like, holy shit, that's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, There's a, there was a time period for like maybe five, six years where every week I was watching the new episode of Kamen Rider, new episode of Sentai. And I was buying the fucking toys made for kids. Um, (laughs) Like all the like changers and stuff and the rider belts. And I was like, I was super into it. And then as I, I think when I got married, I was like, I probably shouldn't have too many hobbies. My wife would be upset if I had a collection of rider belts. I get you. Um, Yeah. But the, so the original Kamen Rider, uh, it's on Shout Factory TV, I think. Okay. Um, it's full. It's fully uh, subtitled. It's ninety-eight episodes. Jesus Christ! The first, I... the original series. They like. Oh, I can't. And do it's that. very actually <laughs> very mature. Um, oh yeah. It starts off. It's very mature. Then it, once they could start selling merchandise is when things got very focused on children. Right. Yeah. Um, and fun fact about Super uh, Super Sentai. Uh, the reason why there are mechs in Super Sentai, which is what Power Rangers uh, is, mm-hmm. is because they made a Spider-Man TV show, which was a tokusatsu, and they gave Spider-Man a mech. Okay. And they were like, well, fuck, let's do this for Super Sentai. So without Spider-Man, we wouldn't have the mech that we have oh. uh, in the Super Sentai series. Interesting. And Japanese Spider-Man is supposed to be in... Uh, into the Spider Verse too. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I probably, I can imagine it's just going to be a small cameo, if anything. Um, but yeah, that, that'll be interesting. The, I've, only, I've only seen the Japanese Spider Man trailer, but it's, it's pretty wild. It's great. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. It's so cool. Yes. Uh, I think they call it Spider Man. Yes. Like it's, it's so, it's so awesome. But uh, Martial Arts Film Freak had a second part to the question. Sure. Uh, or he, he had a second question. He said, "For both of you, we've had teams up. We've we've had team ups like One Arm Swordsman meets Zatoichi. What characters are your dream team up? Could be from any country or generation. His dream team up is. I'm gonna guess MJW is Michael J. White, uh, mm-hmm. Isaiah Bone from Blood and Bone, okay, and Scott Atkins, Yori Boyka. <laughs> yeah, we've we've almost seen that in Undisputed Two, pretty much. Really." I mean, it's Michael Jai White against Scott Atkins in Undisputed okay. 2, but I, I guess he's talking specifically about the characters because Michael Jai White was definitely more of a badass in uh, in Blood and Bone. Um, oh, what two characters I would like to see? That's a damn good question. Um, I'd love to see someone like uh, like Jack Long from seven grand masters so like the uh the master in seven grand masters i'd like to see him go against like lole's uh pai mei something like that okay um i'm gonna cheat and i'm gonna say ogami ito from little wolf cub mm-hmm. either team up or go against the fucking venom mob nice because <laughs> that's a much better answer that's a great that, answer because i love the venom mob movies yes um Actually, me and uh, me and Fanatical Dragon are writing a book. That's awesome. about them. Uh, you know, it's been it's still in the planning stages. Um, I've probably put in a little bit more work than he has, but mm-hmm. he's been super busy with work. Uh, but like, I have like an outline. I have all the movies, all the core movies, the side movies, and then the television shows that they worked on. Yeah. Um, but man, their movies are just so fucking imaginative and violent, and just 
I think it, I think they would fit right alongside the Lone Wolf and Cub films. I I think you're right. I think you're right. This yeah, because you could say someone like uh, this this idea sounds great. So if you took the Lucky Stars, uh, I mean the main fighters. So if you took Samo Yumbiao and uh, Jackie, and then let's throw in Andy Lau just for the hell of it because he's in Twinkle Twinkle. If you put them against the Venom's Mob on paper, it sounds really really good, but their styles are just not quite the same and they they wouldn't quite match up but i could i could see i could see your matchup working now i have a question for you mm-hmm. martial arts so I, people are gonna get mad when i say this but <laughs> martial arts like kung fu isn't yeah. a real mark like you can't if you went up against a regular boxer you would get your shit rocked yes yes what martial artists if we were to put them in like a duel to the death Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Jimmy Wang Yu, Sammo Hung. Who do you think comes out alive at the end? Uh, allegedly, uh, Sammo Hung was quite the fighter. Like um, legitimately? Yeah, like he um, <laughs> he used to have like street fights and used to be like fairly scrappy as a youngster. Um, I don't know how young, maybe in, it might have just been in his teenage years, but apparently he was he was quite the fighter. Um, so I think he had some weight behind him. So I imagine, you know, if you put if you put Sammo Hung against someone like Bruce Lee, he's going to fucking beat the shit out of Bruce Lee, despite what Enter the Dragon tells you. Um, but yeah, <laughs> my uh, my money's on, on Sammo. But I love Sammo. I'm very biased. Like, Sammo is my all-time favorite. But My money's on Jimmy Wang. Yeah, he was... Yeah. He was like he, he wasn't a martial artist. He just was a street fighter. Can we put uh, Michael Chan Wai Man in there? Michael who? Michael Chan Wai Man. Who's that? Uh, you'd know him if you see him. He was in my God. I'm trying to think of a Michael Chanway Man film now. I can't. Isn't one coming to mind? Oh, he's a uh, he's in Five Element Ninjas. He's the main bad guy in Five Elements Ninjas. Okay, yeah. He's got yeah, the yeah. he's got the eagle tattoos on his shoulder. Uh, yeah. He he was like a member of the Triads. He was like a serious dude back in the so day. So was uh so was Jimmy Wang Yu. He was uh he was so involved in the Triads that mm-hmm. Jackie Chan was in a contract with the Triads. Yeah, he got him out and of it, right? He got he went and like ripped up the contract in front of their faces and was like, "You're gonna let him out." That's crazy. And yeah, and then Jimmy Wang Yu uh, got stabbed almost to death. Jesus, he was just eating at a restaurant and a uh, and a rival triad put a hit on him and he almost died. God damn! If if I could take any kung fu star and put him in a ring against anyone, I would definitely choose Billy Chow. Man. Uh, do you like do you so people are probably gonna hit on us for talking down on Bruce Lee and not holding him up to be the Jimi Hendrix of martial arts movies? Yeah. Um how do you feel about Bruce Lee? Um so I have it's I have a complicated relationship with Bruce Lee. It's um I, I, I don't. I think he's overrated. I think his movies are I think he is the most I think he's charismatic. He but is. his movies are boring. His filmography is not nearly as good as people make it out to be. Um, however, uh, upon watching uh, three of his films for the podcast, uh, I watched Fist of Fury, Way of the Dragon, and Enter the Dragon. I enjoy them. I enjoy his films, um, but they, they're they definitely not masterpieces. Uh, definitely not. I, I think Way of the Dragon is an amazing film, even. Um, but it's amazing because... It's so simple and so dumb. Um, 
and yet people think it's like these highbrow martial arts films that say so much and yeah Bruce Lee was cool and would he have gone on to do amazing things yes he would have gone on to redefine action cinema but his filmography is the big boss fucking sucks (laughs) I would say Fist of Fury is just a cheap rip off of the Chinese boxer too yeah you're absolutely right which is right which is what that movie because Jimmy Wang, you made Chinese boxer. Bruce Lee saw that and was like, I want to be bigger than Jimmy Wang. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I just, like, I, again, again, like, people are going to hate on us for this. Yeah. No disrespect to to Bruce. I, I like Bruce Lee. He's obviously very important to um, Asian Americans as well. Mm -hmm. Um, He's very important to an entire culture. He's beloved. But it just blows my mind that someone who is in, like I, there's not a single movie I would consider a classic from him. Um, I have I have a huge soft spot for Enter the Dragon. I th- okay, um, well, but besides that, but I think that's everybody. Oh, you're like um, it's it's Hong Kong films, you mean? Yeah, just like just like in general, I just I, I I don't I I just never really it just it just blows my mind that people have made entire careers. Yeah. Off of just being like Bruce Lee encyclopedias. Oh, Bruce Lee is um, uh, the Batman of Hong Kong cinema. And by that, I mean, if you ask any Batman nerd, if you say like, oh, if Batman were to fight Doctor Strange, who would win? And they'll tell you Batman. And it's just like, that's ridiculous. It's insane. If you're like, uh, out of Batman and One Punch Man, who would win? And like, well, Batman would win. And they just are so obsessed with Batman. And it's the same with Bruce Lee. These people who are obsessed with Bruce Lee, who think Bruce Lee could not only be anyone on screen, he could be anyone in the ring. He was Superman. He was the finest actor of his generation. It's like, what are you talking about? It's crazy. Was he great? Yes. Was he charismatic? Was he smart? Was he one of the most genre-defining martial artists of all time? Yes, he did a lot, and he was fantastic, and he was witty and charming and all that, but he wasn't Superman. I wonder wonder how his legacy would have been if he if he never blew up here in the States. It's interesting to think what, what would have happened if he didn't blow up. I mean, it's, it's almost not that I believe in that kind of stuff, but it was almost destiny because he was so determined to become famous. And I don't think he would have stopped. I think somehow he would have got his name out there. Um, I, I think yeah. his worst crime to humanity is that he gave us Chuck Norris. <laughs> I would agree with that. Would, he needs, he needs a couple points knocked down his legacy for giving us fucking Chuck Norris. Yeah, sadly, yeah. I mean, Way of the Dragon, he's great in it, but uh, Chuck Norris went on to be uh, a dreadful movie star and then uh, have weird politics as well, I think he has. We- yeah, weird's a... Actually, it, 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 does he have weird politics? I thought he said some homophobic stuff. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that, but I thought he did. See, with like me is like, you know, we 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 live in an era where like, if someone says something that we don't agree with, it's just automatic like cancellation for the most part. Yeah. I mean, if you're, I wouldn't be able to watch Jimmy Wang Yu movies. That dude was a fucking, he was a triad. He was an asshole. He was a sexist. But it's like, I can look past certain things. Yeah. A lot easier. Now there are things like I'll never watch a Roman Polanski movie. There's yeah. just there's just something, but I'll still watch Kevin Spacey movies. So 
it's weird, isn't it? How we we do we do pick and choose. I think it's it's very interesting because you know Kevin Spacey is a piece of shit, and yes, I'll still watch his films. Uh, Mike Tyson is a convicted rapist, and yet I watch It Man Three. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I I continue to watch that stuff, but yeah, some people. I love I love I I love Tyson. Um, yeah, so I listen I. to his podcast all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. He's, I think, arguably. In his prime, he was the greatest boxer. Oh, of, by far, yes, of absolutely. all time. Yeah. Like I like, and I and I watch a lot of. I'm really into like MMA and boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, this past week was incredible for fights. Yeah, uh, Canelo Alvarez versus uh, Dmitry Bevel. Um, Bevel with the upset, uh, half Russian, half South Korean guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty and zero. Uh, nice. Really glad that he's getting a lot of fans now. Um, and then uh, Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gagey. Did you watch? Do you do you watch fights at all? I it's again I have a weird relationship with with uh, like professional fighting. I love it. I absolutely love it. But I never know where to watch it or how to watch it. And I don't pay for pay per views. Um, but I would I, I will always if someone sends me. Actually, I have someone who I'm friends with on Instagram, and they occasionally send me the odd fight like that they think is a fantastic fight, and I'll watch that. But yeah, I'm a big fan of combat sports. I just don't always watch it. I uh, there's a website called StreamEast.io mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, that's where I watch the the fights because I'm not paying a hundred bucks. Yeah, bucks almost every week to watch fights yeah it's like um this is probably making myself uh sound like a real fucking nerd but i'm a fan of professional wrestling i watch wrestling but i won't wow. pay for pay-per-view nerd <laughs> that is a nerd thing. i know i know uh I, do, I don't see the difference between watching kung fu movies and watching wrestling it's all just play fighting so i was really into wrestling as a kid um mm-hmm. i got grounded from it and never got back into it because i threw my cousin off of the couch onto oh. a tile four and then body slammed him nice. and I was much bigger than him and nice. I knocked the wind out of him. Yeah. So my parents were like, no more. And I was like, damn it. I was, I was obsessed with gold dust. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's still doing it. He's still doing it today. He's still around. Oh yeah. Yeah. Gold dust. Yeah, he goes by his his uh, actual name now. He goes by Dustin Rhodes, but he's still wrestling. Wait, Dusty Rhodes was Gold Dust? No, Dustin. Dusty Rhodes' son, Dustin, was Gold. Uh, what gold the dust. fuck? Yeah. yeah. Does he still sexually harass people? Because like that was no, his finisher, no, right? He not would, like, anymore. Turn him gay? Yes. Yes. <laughs> See, that's what we're talking about, though. Stuff like that would be canceled these days. You can't but back in the day, like it was that. hilarious. It was yeah. awesome. And it won't um, be long until someone, some random person on Twitter goes back and finds a, a gold dust fight and go, or match and goes, look at this. WWE were disgraceful. Look at this. Let's all fucking cancel these people. It's crazy. I got really into like Lucha Libre wrestling. That's good um, stuff. Because they're like, they're like acrobats. They're fucking, mm-hmm. they're doing crazy shit. And then I watched like WWE and it's just two dudes who are so roided out. Who can barely move, um, throwing punches that are like obviously fake. But then, yeah. like when I watched Lucha Libre, it's like I think that dude really just broke his neck. That dude grabbed him with his legs and did like four spins in the air. Yeah, yeah. I think that dude's dead. And then he gets up, and you're like, oh shit. I'm happy I don't watch WWE. I, that's one I do not watch. What's the one that's really popular with like hardcore fans, like that uh, the indie wrestling ring? Uh, right now, uh, right now, AEW. AEW. Huge. That's that's the that, one that, I watch. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. All, I, all of my friends who used to be really in the WWE yeah. love that. They're always like, Flip, you got to watch AEW. Come, come, <laughs> like, come to a show with us. There's one in St. Louis. I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's like, I always get wrestling fans and like juggalos in my head mixed up. Oh, you're not wrong. You know, you're not wrong. I, wrestling fans, no offense. You know, I'm a wrestling fan, but no offense to diehard wrestling fans, but some of them are just uh, messy people. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah. I'm a pretty messy person. I look like an absolute juggler right now. I have my, like, my <laughs> beard is so long. I have my hair's unkempt. I just look like shit. Yeah, I look like a, yeah, I look like Jesus. You do really? Ginger yeah, I got, Jesus? I got, yeah, exactly. Ginger Jesus. Yeah. I got, well, ho, Jesus. <laughs> I got super, super long hair, super long beard at the moment. So I either look How... like Jesus or I look like a hobo. You choose. I mean, they're one and the same, really. Yeah, um, pretty much. How uh, how does your wife like your beard? She has requested as of yesterday that I trim it a little bit. And mine just literally just did the same thing yesterday, too. Yeah. She yeah. said you need to uh, trim up. Um, it's getting to the point where I'm going to have to either trim it or get a hairnet for my beard for the restaurant. <laughs> I don't want to do that because those things are uncomfortable. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I used to have it like down to my chest. And I wore a hairnet like for a week or something, and I was like, yeah. "No more, no See, more." That's right. I want to grow mine that long. I want to grow it really down to my chest, but my wife will have none of it. She's not letting me do that. You should put your foot down and say, "Hey, listen, I'm the I'm 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 the man of the house." Yeah, maybe we can come to some sort of arrangement where if I grow my beard, she can grow her armpit hair or something. <laughs> you know? That's wait, wait. <laughs> I I have got to ask you. Yeah. How do you feel about leg hair? Do you know what? Now, now I've been married or I've been with a woman for so long and I'm married. Doesn't I really don't me. give a shit. It about doesn't it. doesn't fucking bother no. me anymore, man. Not at all. If anything, it keeps me warmer at night. <laughs> also, what I love is uh if my wife's sleeping and my leg itches, I just rub it against hers and I like Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I get some Parmesan cheese out and rub it against the leg and grate it, you know? No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So I grew up, my mom's from Sicily, mm-hmm. and Sicilian women are ungodly hairy. Uh yeah. I'll okay. never forget one one of the like core memories as a as a young man finding, you know, like when you hit puberty. We're at the beach and all the beaches in Sicily are nude beaches. Oh right. And I see this woman, and I'm like, oh my God, she's beautiful. And then she walks by and I'm like, there was just a bush protruding out from her arm. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, women have hairy armpits here? And yeah, it just, I, it never bothered me. Like I grew up, like my mom, I'd be like, like, like when people go, Hey, you look just like your mom. I go, is is it the beard? Yeah. (laughs) And my mom does not have a beard. She's a very beautiful lady. She's just, uh, she's, she is extreme. My, my like mom has to, she has to buy her hair is so her hair. I don't want to, this is gonna sound racist. She has she has a black woman's hair. Oh yeah, okay. she has to she, she has to specifically buy black woman's hair mm-hmm. products. Yeah, to get her hair to be even remotely straight. So I grew up like when my mom's not you know in her work attire with her hair done, it's just an afro, like yeah. straight up afro. Um, so I've I I've always been around hairy women in my family. That when I got married and you know when when you know when it, when it comes cold outside you know the girls tend to let their leg hair grow yeah my wife was like does this bother you and i'm like nah not at all it's in my dna i actually yeah. like it 
Exactly. I <laughs> I used to care. Like I went to I went to Greece uh, when I was like eighteen, and there was a lot of uh, German ladies there, and uh, just you know they'd obviously just gone to the same uh, location I was. And those German ladies, they like to get topless, and they had the same thing. It literally looked like they had a Chewbacca and a triangle choke. You know, it was just it was everything was hanging out, and uh, it. Uh, and back then, when I was eighteen, I was just like, "Oh no, I'm not having any of this. This is disgusting." And then, yeah, years later, I got married, and I'm just like, "Who cares? Who gives a shit anymore? It's just hair." Let me ask you something: Since you're British, why do all British women look the same? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're all inbred. <laughs> like every time, so I have a lot of friends that are British, and all of their girlfriends or wives. I can't tell them apart. I'm like, yeah, there's something about that. You can spot a British person from a mile away just by looking at them. You don't look British. You don't look British. Maybe not. Maybe not. No, I I think I've adapted to like an American look to an extent. (laughs) Um, But I think, I think, uh, yeah, I I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I can spot a Brit from a mile away. What's it called? Chav girls or Chavs? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you can spot a Chav from a mile away. Chavs are the worst. Isn't that just like a slutty British girl? No, chav it's a very distinctive cultural thing. Chavs. But they they look like clowns. Like they have like their makeup is so Yeah, makeup wild. and what they wear. Yeah, it's it's very uh a very strange cultural thing. Um yeah, thankfully I got away from the chavs. <laughs> I, don't, I don't regret that. Yeah. This is uh this is supposed to be a uh, a sword a sword I know we've gone off on some fucking tangents, which you know, which is what I like is we spent at least 20 30 minutes talking about the movie, and then and then I think I think it works because people will get to know us and our personalities. If I think so, I think so, I think it works out perfectly. But uh, what do you want to do next week? Do you want to do the first three lone wolf or next two weeks? Yeah, Um, that's in, in two weeks' time, I can definitely fit in those three films. So let's go ahead and do the first three lone wolf. I did have two people ask us, uh, why why we aren't weekly and they would prefer us to be weekly um i just don't think that's possible right now for both of us i would honestly say right now it's certainly difficult for me not only because of work but also uh and not to like not to promote myself or anything like that but i have to watch movies for my other podcast as well yeah trying to balance out the two and write notes for both it's it just gets tricky um but if we ever want to go weekly and if we find the time i'd be happy going weekly yeah, I would love to go weekly at some point too. Uh, this is it's fun. I actually get a notebook out. I take notes while I'm writing. Oh, yeah. you know, while, while I'm watching the movie. Um, but we are going to be talking about next week the first three, the next two weeks. So next episode, yeah, the first three Lone Wolf and Cub movies. I'm excited. This gives me an excuse to actually watch them again. Yeah, um, me too. So yeah, I'm really pumped. They are my it's my favorite movie franchise. So. Yeah, I'm looking um, forward to it. Should be a should be a good watch. I'm looking forward to. I think I'm gonna give them a um a, a proper ranking. Now, do you listen to a podcast called Action Action? I don't. No. So they have they have a letterbox account where they they like each is three guys. They give a score to each movie and then they put it in rank. I think we should do the same with your opinion on samurai movies. So we have like a definite like a definitive list like once we get like 10 episodes oh we could do that because so far it's just what you I, I would guess yojimbo sanjuro goyokin would be Correct. last so uh but yeah next week we're, we'll be covering three movies it'll probably be this long of a podcast but purely about the movies yes, yes um 
And thank you guys for listening. Uh, Sean, do you want to plug anything? Yeah, I can do. Obviously, you've heard me mention Foo for Thought, but if you want to check me out on Instagram, I'm Foo underscore Thought underscore Thought. And then, of course, I have a Patreon. I have a podcast. Just look for Foo for Thought. You'll find me somehow. Just don't do it on OnlyFans. You'll see me with my dick out. Wait, do you actually have OnlyFans? No, hell no. That would be awesome. You should start one. Yeah, it's it's tempting. I Unfortunately, I'm not blessed enough to have an OnlyFans, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, is is it because you're a ginger? Uh, I'm I'm your <laughs> I'm white. I'm ginger. It's just yeah, a, a lot of lot of things just don't work for me, sadly. <laughs> I mean, I'm short. I'm fat. I'm Italian. Yeah, you go. Uh, yeah. which is actually kind of a cool thing now. Like the fucking Sopranos. Like Tony Soprano is a fat. Oh, he's a lady magnet. guy. Yeah, and he's a fucking he's a pussy magnet. Yeah, there you go. You've got it. Um, the, did you? So you know, how, this is another side's tangent, but uh, you know how Megan Fox met Machine Gun Kelly? <laughs> yes, sadly. She goes, you smell like weed. And he goes, I am weed. That's I what post- he said? That's what he said to her. He said, she goes, hey, you smell like weed. And he goes, I am weed, is what he said. A grown, that- a, a grown man said that. And that's all it takes to get Megan Fox? I, I mean, I guess. But I posted a screenshot of, um, of Tony Soprano talking to a character, and she goes, you smell like Gabagool. And he goes, I am Gabagool. And I tagged my wife on Facebook. I wrote, this is actually how we met. That's amazing. Which would be awesome. But that's not how we met. Anyways. That's, that's blown my mind. That. I'm gonna, that's crazy. Yeah. You didn't know that about Megan Fox and Machine Gun Killer? No, I know they drink each other's blood, but that's all I Dude, know. Dude. Oh my, they're so gross. I don't, I'm so fucking tired of celebrity shit. Yeah. it's. I could yeah. not, like, I'm, I'm, I'm upset that I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm upset with myself that I know that Megan Fox said, hey, you smell like weed. And then he was like, I am weed. That's ridiculous. If she just one day came up to me and go, hey, you smell like fat. And I go, I am fat. And I'd just be, <laughs> I'd just be together. I'd just get her. Easy. God damn it. What a shame. <laughs> you smell... Oh, man, dude. Oh, even you... better. You smell like ginger. I am ginger. See? It works perfectly. <laughs> you smell like pizza. I'd be like, bitch, I am pizza. <laughs> I am pizza. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, we will wrap it up. I'm Flipotaku on YouTube. Uh, I think that on Twitter. I have like three Instagrams. I don't fucking do social media. I'm terrible <laughs> at promoting. Sean is a genius when he comes to promoting stuff on <laughs> social media. Uh, I think you have more Twitter followers than I do now. Uh, I'm, and I've been on for like two years. I think I have like 500 something. Oh, I'm close to a thousand. Yeah. 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 Like what the fuck? Like you're constantly, like, I don't, I don't understand. No, you've got to work. You've got to, you've just got to tweet and you've got to Instagram all the time and have no life whatsoever. That's pretty much me. I mean, I've tried it, but I just like, I'll like, I'll think of something funny and I'll be like, man, that's going to get me a follower or two. And then I post it and it's like, nobody likes it. I'm like, oh, none of none of my funny posts get any kind of traction at all. It's just me going, Hey, I'm now watching heroic trio and people like that. Which is coming from Criterion. It is. It got officially some uh, some stills from it today. It's looking it very looks good. gorgeous. Yeah. Excited. And I'm so excited. Johnny Toe is incredible. Yeah. Um, did Johnny Toe do a Wusha film? Uh, I think he did. Did he? We're going to have to cover. We're going to have to start covering some Wusha. Actually, let's not do one Wolf and Cub next episode. Let's cover something Hong Kong, like Wusha. Ooh, okay. Um. Do you want to do Bastard Swordsman 1 and 2? <laughs> I haven't seen those in years. I would love to do them because I, I, I have 
I have no clue other than that they're crazy. But I would, uh, I'd love to watch those. All right, let's let's do Best of Swordsman one and two next 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 Sweet. episode. Because right. they're fucking they're crazy. So, anyways, thank you guys for listening. This is our longest episode yet. <laughs> so sorry about the tangents and the side stuff, but next week we'll be more on or next time we'll be more on track. Yes. See you guys. Yeah.